0: It's the Dictionary. 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 Well, hello, Word Nerds. How is everybody doing today? This morning, for me, not for you, for me, it's September 29th, 7.03 a.m. And, uh, oh, it's a Friday for me, so happy Friday for me and not for you. Ha, 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 ha. Um, okay, there's there's a bunch of words in this episode. There's a lot of good words. I am very uh, excited to talk about these words. This could be a bit of a long episode, but I'll try to keep it chill. Just let's just be chill. Um, okay, getting into it. The first word is emolument, e m o l u m e n t, emolument, noun from the 15th century, number one. The returns arising from office or employment, usually in the form of compensation or per- perquisites. Perquisites? I've never seen that word. I've seen prerequisites? Perquisites? Per... What is that word? Perquisites? Ooh, fascinating. Learning new words, but I don't know what they mean. Um, okay, so these are the things that you get from your job either in money or something else that i don't know what this is perquisites i feel like i feel like i know this word and my brain is just being super dumb but i don't think that's the case so what is this this is just the stuff you get from doing a job right yeah emolument hmm Okay, well, what's number two? The synonym is... No, it's archaic. We have to say that first. And the synonym is advantage. When you have an advantage over somebody else, something else, interesting. So this word is from the Latin emolumentum, which means advantage. From the verb emolere, which means to produce by grinding uh like what, grinding metal down or something to create I don't know a sword or uh, something a hook uh I was uh, you're you're making something by grinding it down um maybe stones and 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 crystals and stuff uh that is from the e prefix plus molere which means to grind and then there's more at the word meal. If you're grinding food, uh, corn, something you're making a meal, it's called. It's not. It's not like a breakfast, lunch, dinner meal. It's a meal. It's a a powdery sort of clumpy thing. Um, So I guess that could be one thing. You're producing the meal by grinding the food, the wheat, the corn, whatever it is. But how that pertains to advantage, or then how did it become? The returns arising from office or employment, the the things that you get from your job, hmm. You're you're doing the daily grind to get your emolument. Really interesting word. Okay, uh, let's see. We have we have a lot of emotion words in this episode, so maybe I'll just do some sort of emotional sound effect, like woohoo, and then I, maybe I'll change it up. Okay, the next word is emote. This is an intransitive verb from 1917, and it means to give expression to emotion, especially in acting. You're giving expression to your emotion, and it's probably happening while you're doing some acting. Uh, So I guess that's the interesting thing about it is like, can't you emote when you're not acting? When you're acting, you're very consciously expressing your emotions in your face, in your words, in your body language, which we sort of do when we're not acting. But I guess that's the thing about acting is that you sort of have to make it visual in some form, not necessarily. I mean, yeah, it's an interesting thing. Um, Emote. If you're emoting, you're out. You're, You're allowing your emotions to come out. Of your face out of your body, uh, otherwise they're just stuck in your head and people can't see. Um, so when I when you smile, you're emoting. Let's see, emoter is a noun, uh, and it's just from the word emotion. You are you are doing the act of emotion. What's the act of emotion? It's emoting. You're emoting. I'm not emoting at all right now. This is no emoting. And this is emoting. Okay. Um, <laughs> that's another sound effect. Emoticon is next. Emoticon. Noun from 1987. A group of keyboard characters. And then it shows one, which I'll get back to. Uh, a group of keyboard characters that typically represents a facial expression or suggests an attitude or emotion, and that is used especially in computerized communication, like email. And the emoticon that they show is, you know, so this is your standard uh, smiley face. It's a colon, and then it's a, uh, it's a dash, and then it's the uh, the right parentheses or the right brackets, which is the curved one, which makes it look happy. And so this is a face on its. Well, the face is facing you. I guess the face would be on its right side, uh, laying down, looking at you from its bed. Some people do it the other way around. Most people do it this way, I think. Uh, I don't know. What What does that say about you if you want to go the opposite direction, if you want to go smile, nose, colon, eyes? Um, also, do you put in a nose or not? I never put in a nose, but some people put in a nose. I, I write these out sometimes. And then, of course, these have evolved to become emoji, which are just, you know, you don't have to type it out on the keyboard. You just have a, a picture that shows your emotion. And I like these. I, did we have emo... Oh, wait, wait. Emo- we would have had emoji in the previous episode, but I think this book might be too old to have emoji, I will send you to the Ologies podcast. I think there was a whole episode about emojis, and it's fascinating. I learned so much, and they're just these icons that represent a picture of some kind, but there's a whole company that deals with the standards because there's all these different platforms. There's computers and one kind of phone and another kind of phone and all these things in different countries, and they all need to show the same thing, give or take, with the same information and it's very complicated. And we love our emoji. I like to put in uh, like a winky face or a smiley face sometimes when I'm messaging or commenting or something. Because I can be very sarcastic. And I want to make sure that that comes across. And I find that those are very helpful. I like my emoticons because they allow me to say something snarky. But be like, I, I don't totally mean it. Always. Um, or you're just saying something, and like if because we interpret things in different ways, everybody interprets things in different ways. Uh, you could say something that is very easily interpreted in multiple ways, and so you need to, I think, show I'm 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 happy about this thing. It's you gotta throw in a smiley face. A lot of people put in an LOL, uh, which I don't think they're literally laughing out loud, but that shows ha ha funny. This is not a serious thing. But if you don't put that in, somebody could possibly take it seriously in some way. Uh, Emoticons—they get real complicated with the with the keyboard things. Uh, you can use the, lots of the, these various characters on the keyboard to make fun faces and objects and things. Okay, emoticon—it's just emotion plus icon. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of a sound effect. I need to do the same thing, the same sound effect every time. Otherwise I can't, my brain can't handle something new. Woo. Okay, the next word is emotion. I second that emotion. Noun from 1579. 1a, this is obsolete, and the synonym is disturbance. Ooh, That's how we used to use the word emotion because it was a disturbance. That's fascinating. I wonder, wonder wonder, what the history is of that. Number 1B, the synonym is excitement. Hmm. Excitement can mean so many things, but I guess emotion can too. I'm so excited about my emotions. They're coming out. There was a great uh, Star Trek Next Generation episode where Data, the android, was asking about emotions. What do they feel like? And he was talking to Geordi, uh, played by the fantastic LeVar Burton. And Data was played by Brent Spiner. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to come up with his name. And Geordi kept on describing the emotions with other emotions. And Data was like, dude, can you not describe an emotion in another way? And he was like, dude, I can't. That's just how it goes. Okay, 2A for emotion. The effective aspect of consciousness, and this synonym is the word feeling, the effective aspect of consciousness, that's a fun phrase. The, the aspect of your consciousness that is effective, that is affecting how you feel, affecting the world, how it affects. I don't know, that, that's, a, that's a fun way to phrase that. Congrats to you, dictionary writer. I don't even know what it means, but it's a good one feeling how are you feeling feelings to be a state of feeling yeah this is such a weird area it's a weird th- topic uh because there are people who what what are they um uh the, a, a psychopath i guess could be one uh there's all these different sort of types of people who just deal with emotion in a different way. They don't they don't feel the same as a lot of us do. And um how do you describe you don't even know what it feels like necessarily. What is what does love feel like? What does happiness feel like? I don't know. Some people don't know what that feels like. A lot of us do and we take it for granted, but a lot some people don't. Two C a conscious mental reaction as anger or fear Subjectively experienced as strong feeling, usually directed toward a specific object and typically accompanied by physiological and behavioral changes in the body. Why couldn't we start with that one? Why isn't that 1A? Whoa, that was a lot. A conscious mental reaction. Anger or fear. It's interesting that they put those first or that they just list those. Why not? Happiness and anger, happiness and fear, uh, love and fear, those are really the the only two emotions, and then everything sort of spawns off from those. Love is positive. Fear is negative. In general, I'm making a generalization, and all these other things sort of come off from there. Anger uh, comes from fear. Of course, there's that fantastic Yoda, quote, hate leads to, well, I, I can't remember the whole thing right now, but... Okay, so these are conscious mental reaction. It's in your brain. You feel it subjectively. It's not an objective feeling. It's not everybody is feeling the same thing. This is your subjective experience. And what the hell button did I just hit? Oh no, I lost all my screens. Oh good, it's it's still working. Whoo. Okay, don't hit the keyboard, Spencer. Um. So this is your subjective experience. Strong feeling, usually directed towards something, a person, a thing. This. This apple, I feel very strong feelings about this apple because it's so beautiful. I'm gonna eat it later. I'm gonna eat you. And then there's physiological changes in your body sometimes. Uh, you can you can, you know, if you're embarrassed, you might get flushed., uh, so many different things can happen to your body and you, you're not even aware that they're happening, but they can happen. they do often. Okay, that's emotion. Um, do we have any more? Uh, the synonym is just the word feeling. Your feelings and your emotions. And some people don't like to talk about them. But people who grew up with that uh, special free-to-be-you-and-me, we're, we're much more comfortable discussing our feelings and our emotions. This word is from the, eng- the Middle French, émouvoir, which means to stir up. From Old French, esmouvoir. From Latin, movere, which means to remove or displace. And that is from e plus movere or movere, which means to move. So moving and then removing or displacing and stirring up. I mean, yes, your emotions get stirred up, but I don't really know how the rest of it's connected. Oh, some good definitions in there. Urgh. I really hope you're watching this on video. By this point, uh, I'm pretty definitely sure that all of these are just up on YouTube for f- public consumption. And uh, please consume all of my videos. And, uh, you know, it's a, I think it's a much more fun way to experience this show. The next word is emotional. Adjective from 1834. 1. Of or relating to emotion. 2. Dominated by or prone to emotion, as in an emotional person. When the, when the emotions hit them, they really they really get hit hard by the emotions. They they have high highs and low lows and everywhere in between. I would not describe myself as an emotional person. I'm I can be a bit robotic sometimes. I I put on a little bit extra here because it's a show and it's supposed to be entertaining. But in my day-to-day life if something good happens, I'm like, cool, good. And if something bad happens, I'm like, well, that sucks. I'll figure it out. I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill. I don't, my, my, my waves are more like this. I got low, low waves up and down, but some people are like, woo, woo, up and down. And you know what? That's, that's, that's great. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. Um, number three, appealing to or arousing emotion, appealing to emotion or arousing emotion is emotional Four, markedly aroused or agitated in feeling or sensibilities as in gets emotional at weddings. A lot of people get emotional at weddings. I'm sure I have, but I, it's not, not usually, uh, markedly aroused or agitated. So it's, those are interesting words aroused or agitated it's i guess i'm trying to think of like the example is emotional usually get like very happy or very sad usually very happy for the couple who are getting married or the thruple or whatever it is who are who the the dogs maybe are getting married uh but aroused or agitated It's one or the other. I don't know. It's an interesting mix of words there. That's all I got to say. Emotionality is a noun. Emotionally is an adverb. And there's no etymology because we already talked about it in the previous word. Um, I got a little emotional yesterday. We watched a movie called Be Kind Rewind, which I will discuss at a future date. And um, the end, the end got me tearing up. And it's just, it's, it's very sweet and fun, and um, it's, uh, it's a very creative, fun movie. And you should watch it. It's 15 years old. Whoa, yay! The next word is emotionalism. Noun from 1865. One, a tendency to regard things emotionally. Emotionalism. You have a tendency to regard things emotionally. I'm not entirely sure what that means. I regard that as emotional. I'm it's my emotionalism. hmm Two undue indulgence in or display of emotion. Undue indulgence in emotion or undue display of emotion. So if you're being too emotional about a thing, I guess you have emotionalism. You're very emotional. Hmm. Display of emotion. My display of emotion right now is... <sighs> the next word is emotionalist. Noun from 1865. Let's see. We've had a couple. 1865, 1834. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so there's a lot going on, I think, in the 1800s. They were learning about emotions. Emotionalist, number one. One who bases a theory or policy on an emotional conviction. That seems like something that you shouldn't do because emotions as we learned are subjective, not objective. What sort of theory or policy would you be basing on emotional conviction? What what, what 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 would that be? Number 2. One Oh and my watch is listening to me for some reason. I didn't even hit a button and then it just starts listening. Did I say something? number two one prone to emotionalism yeah that makes sense undue indulgence in display of emotion all that be an emotionalist emotionalistic is a an adjective whoa emotionalize transitive verb from 1879 to give an emotional quality to oh so this is like anthropomorphizing a thing Oh, this apple is feeling very shocked right now because it doesn't want to be eaten, but it can't leave. So I'm emotionalizing it. I'm putting that emotion on this apple because it doesn't have emotions otherwise. The next word is emotionless. Adjective from 1843. Showing, having, or expressing no emotion, as in... An emotional stare. Emotionlessness. Emotionlessness is a noun. And emotionlessly is an adverb. Oh, he watched that movie emotionlessly. None of the visuals, none of the acting, none of the sound effects or music made him feel any emotions whatsoever. He watched it emotionlessly. (laughs) <laughs> Next is emotive adjective from 1831 of or relating to the emotions two, appealing to or expressing emotion as in the emotive use of language appealing or expressing emotion. I guess when you're talking language the emotion the emotive use of language. You're using language emotionally. I mean, I think we just do that. Like when you're feeling emotions, you use language, probably, most of us do. And you're gonna maybe choose words that are related to your emotions and you're gonna, and you're, I feel this way. And then you're also gonna use words that describe sort of what's going on in your brain. I guess that's, would be emotive. Emotively is an adverb and emotivity is, is a noun okay we finished the emo words no more emo words now i will go emp abbreviation for emperor or empress i don't i can't think of any other than like the big three emotions the next word is emp again all caps abbreviation for electromagnetic pulse which is coming up some day. Mm, ele- oh no, we did we already did that. We we did that. We did all the electro words. I guess yes, we did. I forgot EMP. Uh I think a lot of us learned about EMP in Matrix. In the movie The Matrix, they do an EMP pulse to uh temporarily disable all those robotic things that are chasing after them. That was a great scene. What's another emotion? Huh? <gasps> Oh, here we go. Empanada. E M P A N A D A. Empanada. I want some empanadas. We've been talking about getting empanadas, but we haven't gotten empanadas yet. Actually, we did just get some empanadas. Uh noun from 1882, a turnover with a sweet or savory filling. It's dough filled with stuff and it's good and I want some. Uh, this is uh, American Spanish from Spanish. It is the feminine of empanado, which is from the verb uh, empanar, which means to bread. I didn't know that you could bread a thing. Are you turning it into a bread, is that what it is? To bread? To bread. Hmm. Uh, that is from M plus pan, which means bread. Also the Latin panis, which I think means bread. And there's more at the word food. (laughs) How? I mean, it is food, but how did food get into this? Etymologically, interesting. Empanada. Ooh, I want some empanadas. Just anything that's been, like, fried and is doughy and maybe crispy is good for me. Okay. Yay! The next word is empanel e-m-p-a-n-e-l and it's a variation of impanel with an i instead of an e no idea what that is harumph empathetic is next who this is a big this is a big topic the word empathy will be in the next episode uh but we but here we go here we go with empathetic adjective from 1932 I did hear a podcast, I think it was Alan Alda's podcast, Clear and Vivid, and he had somebody on who wrote a book about empathy, is like the expert on empathy, and I would have loved to have him on this show. I don't think I will get him for this next episode, but I mean, maybe I could send a tweet or something, but uh, it, it, ooh, it's just, it's just a big topic. It's a real big topic, and I would love to have a, a real person talk about it and not me. Okay, empathetic, is an adjective from 1932 involving, characterized by, or based on empathy. I mean, yeah, that's pretty obvious. We all knew that. Um, I will just say I think it is good for all of us to be more empathetic. To have more empathy. I will talk about more about that later probably. Empathetically is an adverb. Live your life empathetically. <laughs> Next is empathic. Okay, similar but different. Adjective from 1909. The synonym is also just empathetic. Um, Hmm, I guess, are they really the same thing? Uh, Maybe I'm thinking too much about Star Trek The Next Generation because they had an empath who was basically like a mind reader, listen to your thoughts and stuff. Empathic, empathetic, empathetic. I wonder if people feel like they're a little bit different. Empathically is an adverb. Um, Empathic is from 23 years before empathetic. So maybe once uh, empathetic came around, they preferred that word for some reason. Who? Next is empathize with an S, which is the British variation of empathize with a Z, which is our next and last word. Hi-ya! The last word is empathize, E-M-P-A-T-H-I-Z-E. Intransitive verb from circa 1921. To experience empathy, as in empathized with his son's fears. And as I was reading that out of the corner of my eye, the word fears looked like farts. Empathized with his son's farts. I don't think people are empathizing with farts, but that would be funny. Empathized with his son's fears. And you know what? We're not going to discuss that further because we're not going to talk about empathy until the next episode. And it's a bit of a confusing thing because there's... um sympathy and empathy and they are similar but different and i think they are easily confused and i don't know if we're how deep these definitions are going to go into that but i mean we're going to find out tomorrow um empathizer is a noun but basically let's just say this basically it's the idea of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes in their situation and understanding how they feel the way they feel by putting yourself in their situation some people are better than this and than others you know that's just a fact um and i think i think from experience i think that we all need to be better because it's so easy not to empathize but when you do empathize you can relate to people better and understand and connect more which is just a good thing all right, let's pick a word of the episode. This is going to be hard. This is going to be real hard. We had emolument, emote, emoticon, emotion, emotional, emotionalism, emotionalist, emotionalize, emotionless, emotive, EMP, EMP, empanada, empanel, empathetic, empathic, empathize, and empathize. <sighs> Okay, I mean, we got some real good ones. I'm, um, I'm bringing up my movie list because I want to be prepared for that. Um, so we got emotions. I mean, those are a big thing to talk about, and those are really important. But we also got empathetic and empathizing and stuff, and, oh, this is, is hard. Um, you know, because it's so hard, we are, we're just going to have to go with empanada as the word of the episode, uh, I can't, right? That's just what we have to do empanadas empanadas i'm gonna eat some empanadas i got an empanada last weekend from the chunky scones and i think it had vegan chorizo in it empanadas that's my empanada song um yeah i want some okay now i'm going to pick uh i'm going to tell you another movie that i watched uh, let's see. witness for the prosecution 1957 um, I generally remember it. I need to I need I need some reminders. It's good. I remember liking it. Um, let's just do a quick little image search on the good old IMDB because that's what I need. Um, I need to see. I need to see things to sort of remind me about what it was all about. Um, I'm not going to give any spoilers. Oh, Charles Lawton. Yeah. um, It was funny. Charles Lawton came up like right after we watched this movie. Uh, He popped up again in our lives. Oh yeah. Fascinating movie. Really some interesting characters in this movie was Charles Lawton. That guy is that. Oh yeah. Charles Lawton. He, he plays a fascinating character in this movie. Um, yeah, it was a very fun movie to watch, and uh, you wouldn't necessarily think that from older movies. A lot of us don't really care for the, these classics, but uh, I think we need to uh, we need to empathize and we need to branch out into uh, some of these older movies because there's some good stuff. Yep, 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 yep. I'm uh, it's it's call coming back to me. I highly recommend it. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. Thank you very much for consuming my content. <laughs> And uh, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel. This has been Spencer Dispensing Information. How Did This Not Get Made is a podcast all about the films and TV shows that never got made. In this podcast, we uncover the history of these intellectual properties and walk you through the plot of these unmade scripts to determine if they would have been great or awful. Here's just a few other titles that we've covered. The Beatles' Lord of the Rings, James Cameron's Spider-Man, Guillermo del Toro's Haunted Mansion, Star Wars, Duel of the Fates, Superman Lives starring Nicolas Cage, James Gunn's R-rated Scooby-Doo, and Alejandro Jodorowsky's Dune, just to name a few. Episodes of How Did This Not Get Made can be found wherever you get your podcasts.